One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London. Hello, I'm Stuart Willey. Today, as many celebrate Christmas around the world, we discover how the season is being marked in Ukraine and by Palestinians in Bethlehem. Fierce fighting has continued in Gaza, with airstrikes, shelling and ground operations by Israel's military. Last night, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israeli forces are going deeper into Gaza and will fight until total victory over Hamas, despite the heavy cost in lives. A few dozen miles away from Gaza, in the Palestinian West Bank, is Bethlehem, or Bethlehem in Arabic. It's where, according to the Bible, Jesus Christ was born. But this year, Christmas is cancelled. The usual decorations and festive tourists at the Church of the Nativity absent. The Times correspondent George Grills has been to Bethlehem to find out why. The churches of the Holy Land decided that it would not be appropriate to have the usual celebrations, which involve a a large Christmas tree in Manger Square, involves lights and public present giving. That that has all gone this year. And instead, they've demanded a a sort of more solemn period of reflection to acknowledge the suffering um, on on both sides, but particularly in in Gaza at at the present moment. And the Lutheran Church has made a sort of a crib set which features Christ or a baby representing Christ buried in rubble to make people think about the situation in Gaza. So the the tone there and the mood is is very, very somber. One of the Catholic Franciscan monks of the church said to me, you know, they wanted to get back to what is the essence of Christmas. What is the original Christmas tale of uh, an impoverished family? being thrown out of various places where they they want to give birth and eventually Jesus being born next to the ox and and the donkey in in the story with which we're all familiar. Bethlehem's economy relies on income from tourists who normally visit this place synonymous with the birth of Jesus. But with the violence continuing, I asked one local, the photojournalist Samar Hasboon, how residents are feeling. So this year in Bethlehem, it's the mood is very low. It's not just that they are, you know, not celebrating Christmas, but there's also not the joy that you would feel. Quite the contrary. Most people tell me that they're extremely depressed. They're extremely worried. 
People need to understand that the Israeli occupation does not differentiate between Christians and Muslims. For them, we are Palestinians. Bethlehem is now under a so-called lockdown. We're not allowed to go to other cities. We're not allowed to move. All of the checkpoints have been closed down. The main entrances into Bethlehem and out of Bethlehem have been also closed by roadblocks. So really, a lot of people this year not only will not be able to feel the festivities, but also will not be able to be with their family members who live in other villages and other cities. With the Times digital subscription, discover more on how the conflicts in the Bible can help us understand today's struggles, as the historian Tom Holland explains how the nativity still shapes our world. From the Times of London, this is The World in Ten. Still ahead, how the British royal family will mark Christmas today and a huge day for sport-mad Australia. But first, to Ukraine. That's the sound of midnight mass at the Pachesk Lavra in Kyiv. A year ago, the first time the mass was held in the Ukrainian language. As that war grinds on, Ukraine's national identity is getting stronger. Now, even changing the date, they mark Christmas, joining the West in celebrating it today, the 25th of December. Joining me on The World in 10 is Jack Clover from The Sunday Times. Merry Christmas, Jack. Merry Christmas. (laughs) You've covered Ukraine uh, for quite a long time and you've even lived in the country. This change of date is, is quite a big deal. Yes, it's a big deal, but it's been a long time coming. Traditionally, Ukraine has celebrated Christmas on January the 7th, and that is in keeping with the Gregorian calendar, which is the calendar which was used in the Russian Empire. And recently, the Ukrainian government and Ukrainian church officials have decided to shift it to December the 25th as another symbolic movement away from Moscow. I spoke to a friend today who said that it's this is just a technicality. Last year when they sang in Ukrainian in the Pachersk Lavra, what was the last bastion of the Moscow Patriarchy in Kiev, that was the moment of the, of the end of 300 years of what he saw as a kind of spiritual colonialism of their country. And that, that monastery in the centre of Kiev, the, the Monastery of Caves, is an absolutely striking place. You must have been down inside some of those tunnels. Can you, can you tell us what's in there? This is the most extraordinary vantage point within Kyiv. You're looking out across the, the, the frozen Dnipro River for hundreds of miles. And uh, deep underground, underneath this hillside, there are caves with um, mummified holy men and monks and, in some cases, saints uh, from previous generations um, who also came to this place to worship. It's one of the most holy places within all of Eastern Orthodox Christianity, the, the, within the Russian Orthodox Church also, because Kiev um, and Kievan Rus, which is the father state for, for Russia, Ukraine and Belarus, it was the first to convert to Christianity uh, in the 10th century. And so this is a very, very holy place for the Russians as well. So beyond the centre of Kyiv, we're, we're in the second winter of this war, the second Christmas, of course. How do you sense people are going to be celebrating today in Ukraine? Is this going to be a muted celebration or perhaps letting their hair down? Unfortunately, there's a great sense of sadness after two years of war. 
Today is Christmas Day, so in Ukraine they know how to celebrate. <laughs> they will be going to church, they will be doing all the, the traditional Ukrainian Christmas celebrations. I mean, Christmas is a lower-key thing in Ukraine. Um, the Soviet period made New Year much more of a kind of unifying uh, celebration. So New Year's Eve, that New Year's is when you get all your presents. Whilst Christmas Day is a special family moment, today will be quite muted. People will be praying for the future and will be praying for a victory in Ukraine and they'll be, they'll be praying for peace. Jack, thank you very much. For many here in Britain and elsewhere, today is punctuated by large meals, gift-giving and a speech from the Queen, or now King, on television. But apart from that broadcast, what do the British royal family get up to on Christmas Day? I called up the author Valentine Lowe, who covered the royal family for The Times for many years. Oh, the, their Christmas Day uh, is very regimented, very set in stone. And of course, it really begins before Christmas Day because they adopt the, uh, I think, Germanic tradition of doing Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. And they're often sort of slightly uh, jokey presents. And on Christmas Day itself, obviously, they all go to church. It's the kind of annual ritual that we see them all tripping into church. And there's a bit of there's a bit of Kremlinology that goes on, isn't there, about you know who's in the walk uh, to Mary Magdalene Church uh, from Sandringham House, um, who's in, who's out. And then, then they have their Christmas lunch. And of course, after that, they watch, well, what used to be the Queen's speech, now the King's speech. Uh, and on Boxing Day, there's always the traditional shoot, uh, which used to be uh, organised by Prince Philip. I think these days uh, the Queen Queen Camilla has a hand in it. Like all royal traditions, things do change slowly. There's a, there's always a gradual evolution. Hear more from Valentine Lowe later this week here on The World in Ten as we look back at the royal year. As we record this podcast, Christmas Day is very nearly over in Australia. And in that country, December 26, or Boxing Day, is a massive one for sports. I spoke with The Times' man in Sydney, Bernard Lagan. Boxing Day's sport is big for one reason, and that is because it always marks the beginning of a Boxing Day cricket test. Always at the Melbourne Cricket Round, between uh, Pakistan and Australia this time around. Melbourne Cricket Round is like... And I'm right in saying it's the largest sports arena in Australia, probably the best known. It holds 100,000. It's absolutely massive. So it's very much in the Australian psyche, Boxing Day and sport. On the next World in 10, I'll be joined by The Times World Affairs editor, Catherine Philp, to unpack the highs and lows of the news this year. But for now, it's goodbye. However you're spending Christmas, thank you for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of The Times of London. See you tomorrow. Rising sea levels, extreme weather patterns, extinctions of species. Our planet needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast, we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.